Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, everybody, to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, where we dust off our old, crusty Bibles, and we see if there's anything of value uh, with a drink in our hand and a smile on our face. Uh, my name is Justin. I will be one of your co-hosts, and uh, sitting next to me across the country. Hi, I'm Tori, and we're, we're, both, we're both like church dropouts, essentially, so... That's our that's our jam right now. Yep. Baba College, church. All the th- memorizing scripture. Sword drills. I never I it. never even realized. I I like I never even mentioned this, but like my mom had us memorize so many like entire chapters of the Bible growing up. Nice. Was, yeah. Every I think third year, my, my school we had memory verses that we had to do. Right. I was like for a grade. And I memorized, I think, the whole book of James or something one year. Yeah. yeah. So don't ask me to repeat it now, but. Yeah. No, we did. Oh my gosh, what did we do? I'm pretty sure we did something in James. We did like, obviously, like Psalm 123 and then Psalm 91. Um, it's not coming back to me. I don't know. I'll, I'll ask my siblings. Like, which verses were those? I'm sure between the five of you, you could probably we can probably test out what yeah. what happened. Somebody's yeah. got receipts somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere in the back of our so all that to say, in the back of our minds, we could probably conjure up the entire Bible multiple times over. Um, yes, except for First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. I still have no idea what the fuck happens in those books. I'm still completely lost. I'm 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 as lost I'm as lost as Elijah disappearing into the sky on a fiery chariot. Yeah. So um yeah, don't ask me about those books. But the other ones, like yeah, we're gonna have a talk. Yeah. Yeah, sussing out that whole mess, the or- orderly account of the kings is uh, a, a real problem. 
but real problem. That's not what we're doing today, for sure. Uh, so I, let's uh, talk, let's talk a little bit about something going on in evangelical land right now, and it's it's been it's been percolating for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems that the last couple of weeks or months it's it's come to a head. This kind of anti-wokeness movement in mm-hmm. conservatism, but I think in evangelicalism too. Like, you know, it, and yes. it, if everything from taking down Confederate statues to including, you know, asking people to use their pronouns to anytime we make a change to accommodate a group that isn't white Christians, yeah. it's, it's, too, it's too woke. Um, white straight Christians, I would say. And there's this weird pushback, like that's our history or that's our, um, that's our heritage or those are our memories. Like the most recent one was Disney decided to take out one of the scenes in the parts of the Caribbean ride that depicts sexual violence against a woman. Like there's like a scene of it, like a, like a sexual assault kind of going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a lot of, you know, Christian folk that are like, you know, not, not my Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, that's too woke, you know, Disney's going too woke. Um, And so it is, it is an interesting thing that anytime we make a step in a direction that includes more people at the table or accommodates different perspectives, you know, they'll say it's, you know, wokeness is just taken over um or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or you know they're mm-hmm. ruining they're ruining our heritage or our history or whatever um and so it's an interesting thing and i wanted to hear your thoughts on it and we could talk about it a little bit yeah i mean i i admit that i find the whole thing a little weird and off-putting and also just like get a life it's a disney <laughs> ride yeah you know like get over yourself um i do think that it is really interesting because you know yeah there's there is that argument of you're trying to destroy our history right you're trying Mm -hmm. to erase our history yeah but then it's like when i want to talk about lynching they're like well that was the past that doesn't happen anymore right when i want to talk about reparations well that was a long time ago Mm -hmm. um so i i think that like the double standard there um is fascinating. I don't have enough energy to care if people are being hypocrites about their beliefs. Like I just, whatever. Um, but I do, I do find it really interesting. This, like, okay, well, I want to talk about these things that happened that are also your history, white, yeah. white history to be yeah. specific. And they don't want to have that conversation either. So yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's sort of like uh, we believe in freedom of religion and we we don't want the government persecuting us or silencing us and then you know a muslim person or a sikh person is like hey um so what about my freedom of religion nope nope that doesn't count you don't get that yeah and yeah it's it's just it's it's really weird i i just i don't know I, i can't i can't put myself into the shoes of a person like that in that specific way right like i can i I have a lot of sympathy empathy for people who are struggling like to make ends meet and they're you know they're conservative because maybe that's what their parents were maybe they just listen to a lot of talk radio and um 
you know, end up voting for policies that maybe hurt them. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I get that makes way more sense to me than saying we're picking and choosing what we're going to keep and we're going to keep a fake assault at Disneyland, but we have to get rid of like racism isn't real. It's mm-hmm. all in your head. And, you know, so it's very like facts don't care about your feelings until I start pulling up receipts. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, I don't believe that. Right. Or I'll have to do my own research on that. Yeah. Oh, or, <laughs> that's my favorite one. Like, ben Shapiro said. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but again, like, give me some data, right? Like we can have a discussion about the data. Um, and, and that's really where, <laughs> that's really where I've yeah. like drawn the line with people is like, we can, we can talk about data, but if you're rejecting data, then we're not having a conversation, right? Cause that's yeah. not your opinion. You're mm-hmm. just like, you've lost touch with reality at that point. And yeah. I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to go down that path because what is the point? Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things that I, I, it's hard for me to, because even when I was an evangelical, I didn't have a problem making basic accommodations for people. Right. And respect. Yeah. Basic respect. You know, and I might in my head think it was silly, you know, like, mm, like if I had a name sure. tag, but a name tag that were like, Hey, can you make sure you put your pronouns on it or whatever? Right. Right. I might've felt like, well, that's kind of weird. Or why do I have to do that? But I wouldn't, Wait, but I'd never throw a fit. No, I wouldn't throw a fit. I wouldn't probably even say anything out loud. I would just be like, Oh, okay. You know, right. all right. You know, whatever. Uh-huh. For a long time as an evangelical, I probably wouldn't even have understood why. <laughs> like, right. Like, Oh, I'm obviously a man. Can't you tell, <laughs> you know, like I, I, that's what I would have probably thought. Right. Uh, but it would not have ruined my experience for one, I, I, you know, it wouldn't have like imposed upon me some great burden. And that's, that is the weird thing. It's like there, it's some, I wonder if they, if they're so thirsty for persecution, mm. but they'll find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that drive is. Yeah. Um, I remember this was years ago when that movie Zootopia came out which yeah. I thought was a fantastic, like, for kids version of talking about, you know, society and systemic yeah. problems and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, racial bias. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's yeah. a lot of great conversations that it could start with kids. Right. It wasn't perfect, but, you know, right. hey, if, yeah. you know, I remember I was talking with a teenager, I was a youth pastor at the time. He said, yeah, it was a good movie, but man, there's a, so much liberal propaganda in that, which I'm like, I can hear his dad talking. Right, <laughs> yes. I remember like, hold up a second, like basic accommodations and understanding of people's differences is liberal propaganda. Like that is what you assume is, and, and what, what would your propaganda look like? What would, a, what would an ideal movie look like to you? Mm. And like, there's no answer there. There's never an answer. It's just the complaint that everyone's supposed to nod their head about like, oh yeah, it's so awful. But if you ask them like, okay, well, what would, what, what piece of art would be better for you? Gone with the wind. You know, yeah. Birth of a nation. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can play this game. The fountainhead. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's probably what they would say, but it's just like. Probably, yeah. But that, but that, the funny thing is they wouldn't see that as propaganda. Like the fountainhead right. and Atlas right. Shrugged were written right. as propaganda pieces for yes. Ayn Rand to like, very clearly like I couldn't get through Atlas Shrugged because it was just so even when I was I I was a white guy I was in my early 20s once I was a libertarian for a season I will admit that like every white guy goes through that phase yes most of us grow out of it 
Some of us don't. Um, so I tried, like, I was like, I need to read the Bible, which was Atlas Shrugged at the time. Oh I couldn't God. do it. Like it was so dripping so with bad. so obvious, like agenda. Like it was just like, I can't even do this. So actually being selfish and greedy is good for everyone. Yeah, okay. Sure. Okay. If you're, if you're wealthy. Right. <laughs> works great. <laughs> it works great. Um, and you know, Ayn Rand, someone who, you know, I think died living on social services. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if yeah. she, whatever. That's sure did. Fun fact. Uh, anyway, so it, it is a very interesting thing. And I, I, don't, I think, I don't know if we're going to solve it today, but it is something that I, I find fascinating that there's this movement of anti-wokeness. And yeah. I don't, I don't even know where that comes from. I certainly don't think, I don't see that in Jesus for sure. Uh, um, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that uh, essentially um, masculinity is, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure like what all, what all it's supposed to entail, but um, apparently a huge part of it is uh, sex and violence. And so, you know, if, if you're taking down, if you're taking down like a scene that depicts an assault at Disneyland, that's emasculating to a person on the ride because yeah i mean and this is this is the whole thing with like the nuclear family right it's like there's one man and he's in charge of everyone in his family and that's just how it works that's how it's always been and you know it's like women are seen as asexual and they're supposed to like contain Mm -hmm. you know a man's libido and like focus it in a healthier direction um it's it's again i'm like how is how is that not conservative propaganda yeah <laughs> right um but yeah so I'm, I'm i'm trying to like piece this stuff together where it's like why like what about this makes you feel emasculated because so much of it is around sex and sexuality yeah um it doesn't even have to do with them right Mm -hmm. but it's like once you start shuffling the pieces because it's like hey we have this little tiered thing and then you just go up to the top and white dude right and so once you start like shuffling the pieces and people who are not supposed to be coming up start like moving away and you like get knocked down a peg or whatever Mm -hmm. um because we're trying to like make an equitable society um yeah it's i i mean i think that i can see i i can see that as being threatening um i think that you know a really good example for us is the way that like baby boomers just locked us out of the entire fucking economy right and so we're all really mad about that uh because we're like well what you know what are what do you expect us to do exactly like what are what are we you know and it's just like well you're all lazy you don't work hard enough like if you just quit eating avocado toast you'd be able to buy a house and again like okay so we're we have our job we're doing side gigs we're like monetizing our hobbies what else do you want from us mm-hmm. right and and still barely keeping our heads above water mostly yeah. um and you all went to church like four or five times a week right. like i don't have time for that i literally I don't have time with all oh the monetizing and side hustles and trying yeah. to like manage all my kids stuff and make sure they have a decent life like I don't have time to be 
sitting around in church all day on yeah. a Sunday. Like that's, yeah. So yeah, it is interesting that they peg us as lazy when I think as far as hours worked, we certainly work just as much, if not more than they ever did. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when we choose not to work, it's usually because we're prioritizing relationships. Or yeah. just, it's just underemployment because jobs or, are the greatest good, yeah, even yeah. if it's a job that, you know, is eight hours a week. Yeah. That's a job. So that mm-hmm. counts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird place that we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think there's, mm-hmm. there's so many societal factors that are, yeah, they're, they're, right. they're all ticking at once. And they, they go unexamined for, for most folks in these circles right? There's no Mm -hmm. critical examination of their own worldview, I guess is what they call it, right? The lens through which they see critical race theory or intersectionality or like Mm -hmm. gender affirming surgery or whatever. Um, Like they, they don't actually sit down and go like, oh yeah, this is all being driven by the fact that like, as, as a man, for example, like I need to be at the top of the hierarchy and if I am not then I get to be violent um and that's just my birthright uh yeah I mean I that's that's just kind of how I see it shaking out at this point I would say the more people complain about critical race theory the less they actually understand it like like I it's 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 weird dog whistle I've seen like I was talking to somebody and a meeting and they were like, well, how do you respond to critical race theory? I'm like, do you know what that, like, just like a, how do you like, like, this is coming, this is poisoning our system. I was like, sit down, Jordan Peterson. Like, like, can you explain to me what critical race theory means to you? Yeah. And it's like, like basically boiled down to like a demonic plot. I'm like, no, no, no. Okay, okay. No, like that's hilarious, uh, though. Yeah, but yeah, it's just like there's it when there's a demon behind everything. Mm-hmm. Like there's a demon behind taking down the sexual assault at Disneyland. Right. There's right. a demon behind Zootopia, like trying to influence our minds. There's a demon, you know, trying to get me to write my pronouns down. That's the mark of the beast, you know, and get the COVID vaccine. If you get the COVID vaccine and state your pronouns, like the devil will enter your body and make you a woman. I don't know. I just, just like I don't, I don't get it um or make okay. you a they even I don't know oh god so, yeah oh, god forbid so god forbid we have to relearn language and I think that makes people feel inferior and that makes people mm. feel different and othered mm-hmm. in their own society mm-hmm. and and so they want to mm-hmm. fight back and then I, to me the, the easiest segue is in oh you feel a little bit of inconvenience mm-hmm. like imagine how a transgender person feels yeah. Or imagine how someone, even someone in a wheelchair, like I remember they're right. being pushed back like over physical disabilities. Why we got to put ramps everywhere? It costs money. You know, we have one ramp. Why do we need two or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. state's coming in and making us build these ramps. It's government you know. tyranny. Letting, yeah, go. letting disabled people into our church is government tyranny. Yeah. Oh, oh sit down. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, Jesus would have you building you know, there wouldn't be any stairs. I don't there wouldn't be any stairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And people would be able to lower it through the roof. Um, so, anyway, it's, it is, it is weird that 
evangelicals have become what they have become in the last several years it's just everything everything caricature of themselves yes and everything is everything is a plot everything is is everything's a conspiracy everything's a devil trying Uh, to destroy america or what not because america and godliness are americanness is next to godliness yeah apparently i think that it's good for me Mm-hmm. to examine like okay where am i getting my ideas from right like yeah. what is my morality rooted in what lens am i viewing this through um not because i believe that there's some sort of like objective or like morally neutral lens here i don't i don't believe yeah. that at all um and but i still think like in order to i just try to hold myself to a really really high standard because i think that it's kind of messed up if i'm holding other people to a standard that i don't at least like actively strive for right oh for sure um and so for me uh even though i find that it it's like it's corny as hell like right a couple years ago they're all freaking out about intersectionality and now it's critical race theory and the 1619 project and it's just really interesting to me that this is all the work of black women that they're so scared of Hmm. um i don't think that that's an accident frankly uh but yeah i do like to use it kind of as a mirror to do self-examination because i don't want to ever be like that again like i've Mm -hmm. done that thing right um like i've 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 lived in that bubble before and um yeah i just personally like i want to be a better human than that so yeah yeah and that's the i've tried to back off a little bit of like what i posted about the 1619 project on facebook was back when i was posting things to facebook and yeah the comments were like you've been brainwashed like no explanation no nothing just you've been brainwashed right you you know you've you know yeah the the black women have come and gotten you I guess I don't know um yeah which which sounds great to me like but uh, (laughs) like being taken over and taken over uh so yeah it is an interesting response but I have tried to change that response in myself because I think it's very easy for me Mm. to see someone you know posting something like oh Ben Shapiro said and I can make fun of that, like here in this forum, right. but but to right. their face, I have to think, okay, I, if I just yell at them that they're brainwashed, this is we're That's just gonna we're gonna just gonna be anywhere. we're just gonna be yelling the same thing back and forth. And so exactly. I, I think that is a very good point that you make in holding ourselves to that a little bit higher standard to at least do a little bit of the work to understand to to back up what we're saying for one, but also mm-hmm. to have the empathy and to try to understand. Mm-hmm. How is it that I can best communicate to this person? Yes. If they're worth communicating to. If they're worth like, communicating to. When a lot of people are, honestly, yeah. like yeah. a lot of people are just really confused and don't know what the hell is going on. And like, why, why are kids trying to switch genders? Like that just doesn't, that just doesn't click in their yeah. minds. Yeah. Right. Um, so I do think that there are, you know, there are clearly a lot of people acting in bad faith. And then there are a ton of people who are legitimately confused and just would probably change their mind over the course of a couple of months or maybe years if they had, you know, two, three, four conversations with someone who just treated them respectfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So that's what's going on in evangelical land. And so we're going to get into our Bible story for today. Our, and it's going to be, we're going to talk about Hagar today and her role in the Bible and her as a symbol and a few other things. And so for our drinking game today, if you are a drinking person and we're all drinking people as far as water is concerned, but if you drink alcohol, water, it doesn't matter. Uh, anytime that someone gets blamed for something that wasn't their fault. So anytime Abraham kind of pushes blame on to Sarah, anytime Sarah pushes blame off onto Hagar, uh, anytime you catch that, just go ahead and take a drink. Within about 10 minutes, you're going to be on the floor. Completely wasted. Because <laughs> Abraham gets away with a lot of shit. And yes. so, yeah. So he blames the women in his life basically for everything. And, and the women in his life blame Hagar for the rest of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Tori, Tori's going to take yeah. the story today. And that's going to be a drinking gosh. game. And we're going to have a good time. Okay. Well, uh, just full disclosure, if you don't know this story. There's uh, a lot of violence against one woman in particular who is, uh, yeah, Abram and Sarai. I don't know how she pronounced it. I want to be respectful. Make sure that I pronounce her name right. I've Um, always always heard Sarai. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, in Genesis 16, um, Sarai goes to Abraham and she is like, she's barren, like all good women in the Bible um like you're barren or you're a virgin or you don't get a name yeah um and she's really unhappy about the fact that they don't have any kids which valid you know ancient near east several thousand years ago that's that's a valid complaint in my book um you know there's no social safety nets and if you don't have kids it's harder to have people who can take care of you like you know, this is, this is a thing. And so naturally her conclusion is, um, look, if you rape my slave, then we will start a family that way, which is, and it's weird because it's, you know, in, in the NIV, it just says Abraham slept with Hagar. And I'm like, there's, she's a slave. There's no consent here whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I think the NET says that Sarah gave, you know, her like, that's gross. Like, that's so gross. Um, and so essentially this happens god knows how many times um god wasn't there he was on a break so he he didn't he didn't catch that part um but you know once hagar realizes that she's pregnant she starts really resenting sarah which again like that's fucking valid i would be pissed um because it's like there's nowhere to go there's nothing to do it's not your kid you didn't ask for any of this um so yeah, basically, I, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, I really feel like Hagar is the least ethically hunted unicorn that could exist. I'm just like, 
Mm-hmm. Abram and Sarah, don't do that. And if you're listening to this, you also don't do that. Don't unicorn hunt. It's unethical. Um, okay, moving on. So then <laughs> essentially moving forward a couple of chapters, skipping over like Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and being turned into salt, etc. cetera. Um, Abram and Sarai are now Abraham and Sarah, two good old fashioned red-blooded Americans. And for some reason, <laughs> Abraham winds up in Gerar, Gerar, I don't know how to, you know, who even fucking knows where this is? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time since I've had like a Bible, like map in front of me. and so once again abraham has this thing he it's it's his kink he pretends that sarah is his sister and so yeah he he does that at least twice right at least two times because he does it in egypt yes with pharaoh because you just run into pharaoh when you're walking around and which might be where they picked up hagar just side it note be. they uh-huh. probably picked her up during that time yeah, she may Egyptian. have been a, she may have been a gift from the pharaoh to sarai like so yeah basically again abraham just like runs into the king of gerar i think that's how we pronounced it growing up and the king's like oh okay this is interesting like i've got a thing for older women why don't you why don't you bring that sweet little milk and honey ass to my place and of course like (laughs) i know she's 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 90 ish at this point um and so like again like this is just really weird everybody and everybody in genesis has some sort of weird fetish i'm not gonna lie um so uh, sarah just goes off with abimelech the king and Abraham is sitting alone in his tent. Like, I'm not entirely sure what's happening here. Uh, and so I think that this story is like, it's so funny because it's right in between like the initial kind of assault that Hagar experienced. And then um, after when, when Sarah begins to like mistreat her again, essentially. Um, but yeah, so basically, Sarah, Sarah goes with the king of Bumalek. I love that name. Um, and then verse three of chapter 20 kills me because it says, God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and told him, you are as good as dead because of the, because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. God, I feel like your priorities. We just, we, we need to have a talk. I'm not, I'm not mad. We just have to have a conversation. I'm disappointed. Um, it is so funny. It's okay. So then, then Abimelech is like, holy shit. I didn't touch her. He told me that it was his sister. And God's like, yeah, I know it's fine. Whatever. Literally like that's the, the gist of the conversation that they have. And so he gets a- it. Abram and I are friends. I know he's we go back a long time. <laughs> like we go back a long time. All the way back to yesterday morning. Yeah. Um, so Abimelech gets up like first thing in the morning and he like rushes out to talk to Abraham and he's like, what are you doing? You lied. You said that this was your sister. And Abraham goes, besides, uh, by the way, she actually really is my sister because she's the daughter of my father, just not my mother. I didn't actually lie. I so, married my sister. On a technicality. Oh my gosh, Abraham was such a bro, dude. <laughs> it's like a cell phone. Like, I know, I have- right? <laughs> like no actually she is though uh she's just also my wife and so um essentially abimelech in order to like get abram and sarah abraham and sarah to like leave he gives them all of these cattle and sheep and enslaved people and um 
Abimelech basically says like anything in my land that you want you can have to Abraham um and then he goes he tells Sarah he's like um so I'm gonna give your brother just like like he literally doesn't say your husband I'm gonna give your brother a thousand shekels of silver (laughs) just like I don't know maybe maybe you you know if you ever get tired of that guy you have known him for a real long time yeah oh my gosh and so then this is like this is so confusing to me again like Abraham prays and it says God heals Abimelech and Abimelech's wife and Abimelech's female slaves so they could have children again for the Lord had kept all of the women in Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife Sarah and I'm like like how it's long been a day yeah like yeah like <laughs> how long were they, how long were they there no one got pregnant for a day and we're having a crisis <laughs> like, gotta pray about this we need to have an intercession right now there's clearly some evil spirits at work or, or is abraham just kind of waving his hand <laughs> like <laughs> oh yes by the way you've yeah. been struck with infertility for the last 24 hours i'm nope. gonna take it away i'm gonna take it I'm away man of god um <laughs> Oh my gosh. So then basically like the next, the next thing that happens is like Sarah gives birth to a child as you know, the, 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 the man's walking in the desert, uh, told her that she would, and they name their son, Isaac, which means laughter ostensibly. I don't know. I'm not really sure how I feel about name etymology. It's, it's a thing for me. So basically like the child grows up they decide so Isaac is like getting bigger and I'm, I'm not sure why this is like culturally I would love to figure this out but Abraham and Sarah uh throw a party after Isaac is weaned which um fair and also like they, they they're like it's the day of like this is the day so I'm like when is the cutoff like when when is it like it obviously was pre-planned right it was like yeah nope no more was this before no or after Abraham? I think this might have been before Abraham was circumcised, or maybe Abraham. Not. No, it wasn't because he circumcised Isaac. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So no, that, Ab- that's Abraham not the cut they're off not part throwing, of his dick, like they're not own. throwing that party. No, yeah. no, no. It's not a circumcision party for no. It's 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 this a is a party. You're, you're off the boob party, which I'm boob. guessing he's like six, maybe eight now. <laughs> I know. It's like it's something to celebrate. Yeah. honestly it is some some i my six-year-old is still mad at me for cutting him off at three and a half so i should have thrown a party oh, gosh. um <laughs> he's, he's still pissed um and so apparently during the celebration sarah sees hagar's child ishmael like mocking isaac apparently which again like this doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because wouldn't ishmael be between like 14 and 18 at this point like I I don't I don't really understand the circumstances um but of course Sarah is pissed and so she goes and like snitches to Abraham and she's like get rid of that slave woman and her son she's like my son is taking the inheritance Ishmael doesn't get anything and so Abraham is stressed out and chooses not to take responsibility and uh then God comes and says, also, you don't have to take responsibility. He's like, don't be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Like, what? 
Yeah. God, what, what is your problem? Like clearly God hates women. Yes. Um. <laughs> Especially slave women. Oh, the slave women. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Yeah. Like, right, right, right. I don't, I think uh. that it's like, I think it's like, dude, and then not sure slash intersex people and then sheep and then yeah. goats and then women and then I slave the women and then slave women yeah um it was it, it's it's oh my gosh it is so it's so bad and so you know god is basically like yeah just let her go into the wilderness and um i'll take care of her wink yeah wink. And, he's, and and says just listen to sarah do whatever she tells you um because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I like the word reckoned, but I have no idea what it means in this context. Um, and then this is apparently God keeps going and says, I will make the son of the slave into a nation also because he is your offspring. Um, so yeah, this is a really interesting thing for me because trying to move away from language that puts an entire person's life into the status of ownership right? Like the fact that they're owned yeah. by someone else. And, you know, I know that like, I just, I'm just, I feel like God kind of screwed up, right? It's not, Hagar is not the slave. She is a human being. She just happens yeah. to be enslaved and have a womb. So I understand that you hate her, but like, get it together, God. Um, so Abraham kicks him out, like in the middle of the fucking desert, gives him some food and some water. And it's just like, get and um basically they wander around in the desert um hagar and ishmael until they run out of water and then ish like ishmael like hagar puts him under a bush which again is weird because i in my i'm pretty sure he's got to be like a teenager it's, yeah at least like it feels like early teens at least at least and um she's like yeah. i don't i don't want to watch my kid die and i like once I got to this point, I have to be honest, I was like, oh, this is really like, this is really, really gutting. You this know? is dark. It, it, yeah. Because for, I mean, for me specifically, because it's like, holy shit, like this is, this, this was, this happened, right? This happened in the US, mm -hmm. right? That, that enslaved people would run away and literally see their children killed. Yeah. Right. And, and so I was like, whoa, like this is, this is really intense. And it made me uh, really mad at God. So um, shout out God. I'm glad you don't exist. Uh, and so then God sends an angel once, once Hagar has like broken down and comes to the conclusion that they're both just going to die of dehydration in, in the desert. That's when God decides to be like, oh, hey, by the way, yeah, sorry, I forgot about you. There's a well right over here. Um, and it says that God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water, which... I feel like her eyes had probably been open up until that point, but uh, eventually she, you know, gets back to Egypt and finds Ishmael a wife there. So back to her family of origin, hopefully, because yeah. um, that's where she was from. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was, I did not, when I sat down to like read the story and like type up some notes. I was like, holy shit, like my nervous system is very activated right now. Like this is, oh, this wow. is distressing to me. Um, Cause it was just, you know, we growing up in evangelical spaces, you were always taught to view yourself in, in scripture as the good guy, 
right? You're the good Samaritan, right? You are Jesus dying on the cross, which is like, why? Like you are the apostle Paul and you're just going to give your life and for, for, for Christ in some random prison somewhere in Asia. And we don't ever see ourselves in, in those spaces. We're never taught to see ourselves in um, the marginalized characters that are mm-hmm. in the story. And so I never really saw myself in Hagar's story before now, because I was just like, oh, that's that sucks. Like Abraham is kind of a piece of shit. But I, I never really saw myself in the story until it was like, oh God, like I I have I have little kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is really <clears throat> fucked up that yeah. you have this black slave woman that you tossed out into the desert with a sack of water and a child and because god told you they'd be fine that it that it was fine to do that right which is again like this is the way that the bible has been weaponized to uh support enslavement and genocide and ethnic cleansing um i have feelings about that but it sounds like maybe maybe i'm just like crossing my fingers that Hagar got something of a happy ending and got to go back to her homeland and like reconnect at least with people she knew right if she couldn't find her family at least with at least yeah. with people that she knew from her childhood or whatever um yeah so God is God's a big fucking asshole in this story Abraham is I don't know who's the bigger asshole actually Abraham or God yeah he just kind of Abraham is so interesting to me because he really never takes ownership ever. Like it, it's always blaming or always trying to shift or trying to keep up appearances. Like, oh, this yeah, guy might be after skirt me. The rules. Skirt the rules. I'm gonna pass you off my wife as my sister. Like so you're he saying that he's you're saying that he's a rich old white guy. Yeah. Basically, he very much acts in that trope, mm-hmm. I, and it, so and Hagar, I, I'm I'm really glad that you told the story because I would have gone a different direction, but I'm glad we went the direction you did. Yeah, because um, I and I think that that's because I I think that Hagar is an interesting character, and in that she is very much celebrated in like the Islamic faith and yeah. even mm-hmm. like even like Baha'i faith puts her a little bit up there as well and there's like every tradition has something to say about not every tradition every Abrahamic faith has something to say mm. about her she yeah, that's a good point. she has this interesting prominent place and it's the way that you look at her I think your cultural position really impacts how you yes. look at her yeah uh, I, I remember being taught that it was really Hagar was the one that was lording it over Sarah, but, and she there's, was the there's, one. There's no way that's possible. Yeah. Like, but it's interesting when you read the text, it's Hagar is mad at Sarah for getting pregnant. Then Sarah goes to Abram and is like, Hey, she's getting all sassy with me. And then Abram is like, well, just do what you want with her. She's your slave. And so then Sarah goes and treats her like shit. Mm-hmm. and that's when you know Hagar then runs away and then the angel mm-hmm. says come back and there's a lot that's going on there mm-hmm. but it's it's interesting how at least what I was taught that it was like Hagar's not the bad one but like she was the one that got uppity if she would have just known her place mm-hmm. like then 
then things would have been fine. Everything would have been, yeah. Would've been everything would have been fine. If she would have just kept her mouth shut, like all, all those things that like, I think, you know, black women here, but I think yes. minorities here yeah. and really anyone that is not in a position of privilege, hears that. If you would have just kept with the rules, things right. would have been fine. And that's right. not in the text. That's the, like, I, when I read it again today, I was like, cause I was kind of going in with that mindset. Mm-hmm. I read it again today. I was like, holy, holy shit. Like I still find things that were, I, I was lied to about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think absolutely. that's that's half the trauma. I think of going back to the Bible now that I've been out <laughs> is like, what what new lies am I going to stumble across? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're complete bullshit. Oh um, my gosh. And and so I yeah I I appreciate your perspective there, and I think it, it is interesting how we do we subconsciously weaponize and we subconsciously see we put ourselves in the scripture whether we want to or not mm-hmm. and that's every story uh true and so but when you elevate it to the point of like this is what god says and then you start putting yourself in there i think that's when you a lot of those dangerous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've discussed this before um i think for me personally it's interesting that i was looking back and i always saw myself in this story, in the character of Ishmael, which is oh, range. Wow. I think, well, I, I know why, because my parents divorced when I was young, which mm-hmm. I would say every, half the people hearing this probably come from parent families that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I went because of the bubble I was in and I was in a very, I went to a very conservative Christian school. I think I was one of very few friends of mine that came from families that were divorced yeah so I kind of always had that feeling of being the outsider of being illegitimate of being the bastard kid like I I did a when I was in therapy like they had me like write down like you know identities or something I've taken on and like the bastard child was like one of the identities that I'd taken on as a kid yeah and so it's interesting that I I identified always with the Ishmael's or like the the kid that was mistreated even though I wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mistreated right terribly as a kid just that was the that was the position I always saw myself in I think the Mm. reading the scriptures in such a way that you try to intentionally or unintentionally put yourself in the positions of these um oppressed peoples I think very Mm -hmm. much changes what eventually comes out yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, this, I think, is the entire kind of premise of liberation theology, um, which I think is, I, you know, I'm not a believer at all, but I still think liberation theology is hugely important because it does take on that. It views all of scripture through the lens of, of oppressed people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that that I think that that is really mattered really matters because antithetical to to you know American Christianity evangelicalism is this idea that no, we have to make the world a place for everyone, right? Yeah. It's not bootstraps. It's not it's not get what you can get. Look out for yourself. You're number one. Whatever. Um, we need to actively create a world that is that serves the people who are the most vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I definitely kind of view the Bible much more through that lens now um, because I, I, think it's, I think it's really important. And I think that um, 
you know, having, having this perspective of like, we're not all trying to become like rich and powerful and famous. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. what, you know, and it, again, like going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, like talking about like examining my own morality and saying like, okay, what, like, what, what am I doing to serve people? What am I doing to like, just on my own without any, you know, I don't have to like announce it or whatever. Um, but yeah, like how, how, yeah, exactly. It was like, how am I orienting my life and, and the choices that I make to, to be in service. And so, yeah, I remember for me, it's, that's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, that and that is a lens that I think is very biblical. I, I think so. I think it is, but it is interesting because it completely breaks Western Christianity. Yes, and that I think is why liberation theology is so demonized. Mm-hmm. And because I I I read liberation theology and I find that the Bible is fascinating and subversive and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. an interesting cultural artifact holy book that I think can still inform my life and it's one of those things like I I keep the bible around in my personal life because of liberation theology right and and I think that that is that's a good thing but it also completely breaks any interaction I have with western Christianity because western Christianity (laughs) spoiler alert isn't actually based on the bible Right. It is yeah. mostly based, it is, it is using the Bible to support an economic system and a cultural system mm-hmm. that, you know, we're all, all kinds of spoilers that was built on racism <laughs> and hierarchy and that the world is hierarchical and that, you know, if, if we have the owners at the top and wealth will trickle down um, <laughs> and, and which is the, I mean, that's what Abraham was doing. You mm-hmm. know, that, that was the patriarchal system of the day if you get yourself a wealthy man ladies if you get yourself a wealthy man slaves if you get yourself a wealthy master you'll be taken care of right and 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 that's that was true at the time but that doesn't mean it needs to be universally true for all time right because we see the damage that is done and Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. why we need liberation theology to look at the bible and say like okay this was the system but think about the humans that were in it think about hagar like yeah did she have opportunities for full human flourishing in that system? No. Did Sarah even have opportunities for full human flourishing in that system? No. Did Abraham have opportunities for full human flourishing? I would say no. Yeah. Because one, there's an intense amount of pressure on him, but two, he's so catered to, he never has to deal with his shit. Right. Like, and that's not full human flourishing. It may feel great. Um, Yeah. It's certainly if we transported Abraham today and he like, oh, I have to give people rights. I'm being oppressed. That's how he would feel for right. sure. But then he would have to deal with his shit. And that's good. Right. Like you mm-hmm. should be like being forced to deal with your shit is a piece of, I think, full human flourishing and yeah. your own biases, your own problems. Like, why is it that you don't want to create a more equal world? Right. Like, like why, yeah, know, why is that so offensive? Why is that so terrifying to you? You should probably sit with that for a bit. And then yeah. that might actually be good for you. Yeah. Like, why is it that, you know, you love patriarchy so much that you're willing mm-hmm. to fight and die for it? Hmm, that's mm-hmm. interesting. You know, think about the women in your life. Like, right. Um, and, and so it's, it is, a, I think it is a thing that we have to look at this book 
critically, and I think it has so many lessons to teach us. And, and we have to use these different perspectives. And I, I think it, 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 I think it could, it could, it could actually create a much more just and equitable world for yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah. It has potential. And it's potential. Yes. Like all of my relationships. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was so mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have so much potential. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, sweet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was really, I was not expecting that to go where it went either. Yeah. Um, when I first started, you know, rereading and then I was like, oh, fuck, this is, it's real close to home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that, I'm glad that I got to do that story. I think next week we're going to do something not quite as serious. I do appreciate you going there because I think that, uh, I think that it's good. And I think that, you know, we need the voices of minorities and particularly, you know, black women. And like, we, we need to listen. And I appreciate mm-hmm. you bringing that perspective. It's very good. Yeah. Yep. You're welcome. So I'm here for, I've always been this way. Sorry. <laughs> you get what you get. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh my uh, gosh. And, and if you've listened to this many episodes, I, I know that you, dear listeners, love it as well. So <laughs> if you could see the video, I think half the time when Tori's talking, like I'm just sitting there like with my jaw dropped, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, I agree. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. Stop. You're going to give me a big head. You're going to turn me into Abraham. <laughs> dicking people over, <laughs> pretending that my, my husband is actually my sister. <laughs> I don't have a husband, but you know. It doesn't, never stopped Abraham. Stopped never stopped him. <laughs> so good. Sweet. Well, if uh, if you would like to support us, uh, there's a couple of things you could do. A free thing would be just to go give us a five star review on iTunes. Uh, that would be really swell. And yep. you know, if you want, if you really want to give us a one star review, you got to write like a paragraph. Yeah, you got to you gotta let us it. know. So you got to work for it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Or just yeah. email us. You know, sure. we'd prefer a five star review and then a nasty email. I suppose the other way around. <laughs> like, Fair. Yes. Uh, you can also, if you are able to, support us monetarily via Patreon. Patreon as yeah. com slash go home bible. Uh, certain tiers you get a life verse read by us so mm-hmm. we will assign you a life verse where we open up amazing, the bible guys where we open up the bible and just put our finger in and we'll just see what happens so good we'll see what happens it's called the holy spirit Justin. Yep. yeah the holy spirit is are going to guide us to yes. your life verse <laughs> oh my gosh um uh, we're also on the internet probably too much because we both have adhd but yes. uh you can find us at go home bible on Twitter and Instagram yes. so far. Those are the extent of the places that we are at. Yes, and if we have more places, we'll let you know. We'll tell you, or yep. maybe we won't because we're stuck up bitches, you <laughs> never know. <laughs> uh, you should tell them about Irreverent Media Group. Absolutely, we are also part of Irreverent Media Group. Uh, you can find them on Irreverent, either .fm for the website or underscore .fm for Twitter and such. Uh, we have a great group of creators and more creators are coming. So, you know, that's, that's podcasts as well as some video stuff and great things down the pike. It's an excellent group of people. You should follow all of them. 
listen to all of their podcasts. Yep. Cool. So until then, listen to podcasts all week and then come back to us this week. And until then, we'll see you.